What makes something real? Is it when we see it, clear as day, in tangible form right in front of us? Or do you just have to believe in it? In this podcast, we'll dive into the happenings of the house on 38th Street in Austin, Texas, and what happens when the paranormal becomes a reality. Because, after all, who doesn't love a good scary story? I'm Sophie Henry, and this is Don't Open the Door. episode was brought to you by Landing Line. Landing Line is a website builder where you can create web pages with total creative freedom. This means you can use a template or start completely from scratch. Create something unique to you that will help you develop a personal brand and let you tell your own story. Best of all, it can be integrated with Facebook, Google Analytics, and MailChimp, just to name a few. So visit landingline.com to sign up for free and start telling your story. In this episode, we'll be speaking to Laura Salis and my aunt Eileen. Laura has been a friend of the Daverns for years, and through shared holidays, dinners at the Daverns, and gatherings by the fire, my family has gotten to know and love the Salis family as well. Laura is calm, intuitive, and basically the human form of sunshine. She's great. So, when my aunt Eileen heard from a friend after their summer party that his wife had seen something at their house, she called someone who she best believed could take care of the problem, and that person was Laura. First, I talked to my Aunt Eileen, where she takes us back to the summer pool party that started it all. I'm Eileen Davern. I've lived in this house, my house, for 13 years. So it started um, pretty soon after we moved in. And we had a party one summer night, and um, our neighbors, the Garzas, came over and they brought this couple with them and um, I'd never met him and they had a baby and it was a lovely party and it you know ended and like a few weeks later I guess well probably a few months later I went to a doctor's visit and when I left the doctor's um, to check out there was this guy at the checkout desk and he said oh I recognize you and I kind of recognized him too. And he said, um, the Garza's brought us over to your house for dinner. And uh, my wife had a baby and um, I love your house. I, I always tell people about this house. I love this house. And he goes, but my wife saw something really weird. And so I'm me and I'm terrified of anything ghost. And Alec was my husband was in Asia for like another week and I was alone with like three babies or three small kids and I was terrified and um, I said what did she see and he said well she was upstairs in your the master bedroom feeding the baby and she could see the the landing at the top of the stairs outside the door and um, she just saw she saw something and I was like, what did she say? And he goes, I, I don't know. And then I, he may have like registered that I was terrified and stopped talking. Um, but so I left. I didn't know what to do. I didn't go home. I picked Tessa or Kate up from Montessori and I took you to that, that place by Town Lake with the dinosaur pit that you yeah, dig. Yeah. yeah. And I did that. Um, for a few hours and then it was time to get Jack at Lee and I went, we went to Lee and 
um, we came home and uh, I called Kathy and I said, okay, told her what happened. I said, what did he see? And she goes, I thought you'd find out sooner or later. And I, I was like, what? And she said, well, yeah, there's, there's a ghost there. Apparently I, I've heard a lot about it, but she goes, don't worry. And I was like hyperventilating. She goes, don't worry, don't worry. It's a little girl in a white dress. And I was like, don't worry. That's like the quintessential creepy ghost. So, um, I completely freaked out. She goes, her husband's a doctor and she goes, I'm bringing you over some sleeping pills. And she, uh, came over and I, that night was bad. And then the next night I had Laura come when Laura was before Laura came, before this all happened, I think I heard a couple things. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night a few times and I heard a little kid whispering in my ear. So I'd wake up and I'd go check on the kids. They'd be fine. Get back in bed. That happened a few times. Like, I think if that was real, um, or if that was her or him, whoever it was, um, it was, it was gentle. It wasn't anything scary. After my aunt found out about the little girl in the white dress on the stair landing, needless to say, she was freaked out. She decided to give a call to the next-door neighbors who knew the previous owner of the home. They responded with, oh yeah, the little girl. My aunt was even more freaked out, and they told her that there was no need to worry, she was harmless, but they did often see her in the ground floor bathroom in the mirror. Well, she said, uh, like, the that bathroom was heavy with like they would see stuff all the whole family um just a kid as a final question i asked my aunt if she thought the young girl had previously lived in the house i think she probably did for sure that's why she's here i guess um i don't know it could be you know that the energy of our family was so good Maybe she was, you'd think she'd want to stay if that was the case. Hi, it's me, Laura. And I'm going over an event that happened here at the Daverns a few years ago, but it's been ongoing. So Eileen and I actually... She's going to be like, oh my God, she's going to go back to when we met. Anyways, we had been friends and uh, had shared a lot of our spiritual quests together. And I had been studying hand analysis and space clearing specifically. And I was starting to clear spaces. And she asked me one day if I would come over and clear the house. And our kids used to spend like every day together. So she took them out and I came over with my bag of things. <laughs> So yes, my own process has evolved over the years, but um, I love starting with the deck of cards. It's kind of like when you pick it for yourself, it just kind of gets you centered. And there's always already like, um, you know, when you're starting to, to clear a space, there's already an intention to bring the house back into balance. Um, you know, I think 
Doreen Virtue is one of the first people who started to create these decks of cards because tarot cards look so scary, you know? And there'd be like dripping blood and, you know, felt sort of archaic, even though they're the traditional cards. And um, I am a card junkie. I love them, but yes, I think that it's a really great tool for people to focus their energy and to feel seen. You know, and in a way that is, it's it's un, undeniable, right? Like if you do it, you're just have days where you not just read it and hear it, but you feel it in your body. Um, you know, so there are a number of different things. A home is just a natural, it's, it's a living aspect of ourselves and an expression. And if you think of the earth, the earth is like a record keeper. So all the things that have happened it could be the people who lived here before it could be before this house was ever built it could be when the land was first here it holds emotion and so when you think about it like when something traumatic happens to us sometimes it can really imprint with us and we feel like we're going back over and over in different aspects of it and the same thing can happen in your space so um anyways to kind of get grounded and centered we I like to start with picking the cards and like we picked and we were using that deck and um, I remember Eileen left and so what I do is I kind of, you know, I get very still inside and my intention is I treat the house, um, some people call it a deva, but it's sort of like the energy of a home. You know, so for some people, you would think of it as a person, but not a person, not like when I think of paranormal, I think that people think of entities or ghosts or specific because that's the way they relate to something that is that's just the way that they relate to. it. I think of it more as a accumulation of energy that has a consciousness. And um, I introduce myself, you know, and uh, with The intent of being of service and of collaborating with the space, I ask the space what it needs, or I kind of, just in my heart, explain my presence and that I have an intention to bring the house back to balance and, you know, uh, what do you need? And I think that, like, before and, um, you know, centuries ago, two people, when they're dealing with fear, it would just be to, like, let's exercise this. So it's like if you think of what, how you would respond if people attacked you, like, get out of here. Like, you would just either freak out or you would defend yourself, you know? So it's much more about understanding. Um, it's from a different perspective. And at the time, I was, and I still do, I use dousing rods. And so there are, the earth has natural, um, like a natural grid system that's, you could kind of equate it to like our having a nervous system. So if you think about it like acupuncture, sometimes the chi gets stuck, you know? And so you're bringing it back into balance and you're addressing the places where it's either stuck or it's stressed. <clears throat> And there's a couple of different kinds. There's uh, one can be from emotional imbalances, and the other can be geopathic stress. So I'm sure by this point you can hear my dad and my aunt Jen talking and laughing in the background. We did record this podcast on Thanksgiving, so there was a lot of drinking, eating, and celebrating going on. But a lot of that, you know, is our response to it too. We can bring, you know, our own um, it. And a subtle field, you know, we're, we're interconnected, so it can trigger, you know, it triggers something different for all of us, but it's a very primal trigger right now. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and it's not that this is the first time. It triggers for people a lot of things that have probably happened historically in our subconscious, um, collectively. So um, I take dowsing rods and I go through the house and I ask the lines, you know, show me any imbalances. For so, so geopathic stress, it's there are. Um, it's natural energy that the earth emits that isn't really beneficial to our energy, and it can be from faulting pressure. So like a lot of construction, the earth shifting, tectonic plates, it can produce an energy field that that is um, not supportive of ours. Negative magnetic lines, uh, electromagnetic frequencies, all this new technology emits tons of EMFs that our bodies are still acclimating to. Um, and underground streams of water so it might not be plumbing it could be deep beneath but it creates an energy field so you're going through and you're you're checking for all those things but when i think of um paranormal it's usually more emotional you know because you're you're kind of getting personal you're getting to fear you're those are the things that people i think are more fascinated with and most afraid of um so when I went through the house, I was looking through imbalances. And, um, you know, for me, sometimes I might see something sort of in my mind's eye. It's first will start as a feeling, you know, and sometimes it's like, you know, if you walk into a space and you're just like, okay, something, you know, something feels funky here, you know, and you can attribute it to lighting and furniture and cleanliness, but sometimes it's just a heaviness. Um, so sometimes that's what I'll feel, or I might feel in an emotion, and I just really stay open to it. You know, I don't, I honestly do not have a judgment about it because to me, if there's something that's here, it's because there's some trauma, you know, and that most people can't interact with it, and um, you know, you just kind of never know. So it does. I'd say to do the work, you're doing your own work about how you feel about um, your spiritual beliefs, your religious beliefs, your fears, how you feel about power, how do you feel about, I mean, all that comes to the surface. And, um, you know, my thing is really just compassion. It's just, I believe that all those things have happened or it's possible for that to happen and it's possible for things to happen beyond what we understand right now. And so it just comes up as a feeling. And so what I saw was, I didn't know if it was a, you know, a younger child, let's say, in a white gown. And I felt a certain amount of pain and trauma, an event that had happened here at some point. Um, and it was a little bit, like for me, it, it um, it's sort of surrendering to a whatever it is, not having a judgment about it. B, like really having to like reach for the things that I know that maybe I don't feel as I question myself. But it was really I asked the spirit of the higher self of this child's parents to come and be with this child because there was so much trauma, and I asked the child's. Um, higher self and guides like to me there's a physical plane trauma that happens and then there, there's two different components but on the physical plane there was still um, a lot of emotion tied up 
and um, I think that people can interpret that a lot of different ways. And practitioners that come and work with it will look at that a lot of different ways. That's just mine. And it's kind of staying with it long enough and trusting whatever I feel inclined to call upon or do or be with or, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, like really do that? Okay. Um, but staying with it until um, you feel something shift. And it really is um, a different plane, but it's also just like this one. It's like until there's understanding, until somebody's been seen, until somebody's been forgiven, until somebody, like, you know, and, and sometimes things are so hor horrific in a way, and I, I really don't always share what I feel. Most of the time I don't, because I don't think that it serves the people that live and I actually really didn't share everything because I just didn't, I think it can get sensationalized and it can be a trigger for deeper fears. And I don't think it's productive all the time. Um, but that for me, just um, to kind of just creating a really loving container for it. And it took a little bit of time. And so um, anyways, I would go through the house. Any time anything came up or I felt anything, I would stop and be present to it. It's not like if I'm looking right now and I say there's somebody right yeah. there. You know, it doesn't. Um, so I think that we're all intuitive and everybody has a different way. Some people have more of a feeling sense. Some people see things. Some people hear things. Some people actually get smells. Um, but there's a different, there's a, everyone has a, a different sort of, it's, it's like I'm saying, okay, well, my hair's dyed now, but it's like darker and yours is lighter. You know, it's just sort of a natural way that we're just naturally wired. And we just don't always pay attention and we don't know whether to trust it or not. Or we think, oh, that's just me talking inside my head. You know, so there's a little relation, there's definitely a relationship and a discernment with yourself. But, um, so I see it more like if I'm dreaming, my vision comes like that, or more if like you said, hey, remember that time when we were out there and it was someone's birthday and you kind of flash back and you're like, oh yeah, I remember. And like, I see you and I see the cake. It's like that. Like, you know, if you're watching a movie and you're just watching a scene and then something happens and it's a climax and then all of a sudden there's understanding or it becomes sad and so you feel yourself, you're like just following the movie. It's like that. And then you're, um, for me, I just feel my heart open or close. <laughs> you know, I, I can feel it in my body. Um... Yeah, and you just sort of just open to like, to be really unattached to the outcome. So as we finished our interview, I asked Laura one final question. Did she feel any sort of completion after cleansing the house? Did she feel that the spirit of the little girl had left? Yeah, I think I always do. You know, if you asked, is there anything left to clear? Um, everything's always changing, so. You know, it's like you just sort of trust that everything right now for where everybody lives and the place that they're at, it's the, it's appropriate. You know, it's just like, okay. It's really none of my business. So what can we take from this story? Who is the little girl in the white dress? What does she want? Was the dream a sign of some sorts? Was she trying to tell the family something? Or was it just a friendly reminder that she was still there and that this was her house? 
but why had she only shown herself to Jack and to Eileen, and why so many years apart? Maybe some doors are best left unopened. If you liked this episode, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like. Also, if you're liking Don't Open the Door, be sure to head to our website, don'topenthedoor.squarespace.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Don't Open the Door. Once again, I'm Sophie Henry, and be sure to tune into our next episode.